Welcome to Inside Hogwarts, a Harry Potter podcast made by kids for kids. I'm Daisy. And I'm Vaughn. And today Not Sophie's not with us. Uh, um, she's at her aunt's house. So spending the night. So we're not, she's not with us recording today, but she's going to be back next time. Also, the mic situation is not fixed yet. Anchor has not gotten back to us. So next week, I'm not going to say definitely we're going to have them because there's always a chance we're not going to, but we're going to try really hard to have them next time. Um, so hopefully you can stand yeah. this audio, but yeah, we're going to most likely have them next time. So yeah, um, let's get started with the chapter. So Quirrell was braver than the trio had thought. He seemed paler and thinner, but they didn't believe he had cracked it. I can't believe he hasn't cracked. First of all, okay, because of what I know, I finished the book. I don't want to spoil everything for you, but based on what I know from finishing the book. Wait, but are you going to say the spoiler? No, not, not, okay, not right now. I might, but then give a warning. Yeah. But first of all, just based on like what you know from Artie in the book. If you haven't read the whole thing, like, how I have or how Vaughn has, first of all, I would be surprised, even just that way. Like, he just doesn't seem like the kind of teacher that would be brave or that would be able to not crack under the pressure of Snape. Um, Because both ways, there's pressure from Snape. If you know what you know just at this point in the book, or if you know what you know if you finish the book. So, it just doesn't... He seems like the kind of person that would have cracked by now. Yeah. he. I don't think he would be able to stand all of that pressure from all sides. Um, so Harry started giving Quirrell encouraging smiles, and Ron told people off for making fun of Quirrell's stutters. And Hermione was too focused on the end of your exams to be worrying about the Sorcerer's Stone. Of course. Of course. She's probably worrying about that from day one at Hogwarts. She's just like, exams, exams, exams. Like, studying, studying, studying. It's all she does. It's all she worries about. It's all she thinks about. So, um, Harry and Ron wouldn't have minded it so much if it weren't for that Hermione kept bugging them about needing to study. I mean, I understand that. She, but I feel like she needs to know at that point that what their limits are and that they don't like studying or what they like or what they don't like. Shouldn't she know at this point? What do you think? She should really know since... You know, uh, it's with Ron. He never listens to her when she's trying to give help him and stuff. Yeah. I just think she should know, but it's also in her personality for her to not know. So, yeah. Um, Hermione told them that they needed to pass these exams to move it on to their second year. Obviously. What happens if you fail? You probably just get held back. So, like, in school, if you get really bad grades, you probably get help. You get held back for another year. Yeah. Like, if you fail the year. Um, I guess that makes sense. But it would kind of suck being... Or, like, you go to a special wizarding school. Mm-hmm. What do you do during the sorting ceremony? Like, how, like, ashamed would you be to, like, every other... All the other first years getting sorted, but you're second year. Like, you should be in second year, but your first year you've already been sorted. That would suck. Um... So the teachers were thinking along the same lines as Hermione because they gave so much homework that the Easter holidays weren't nearly as fun as the Christmas holidays. It was also hard to relax when Hermione was constantly beside Harry and Ron reciting the 12 uses of dragon's blood. 
So quickly, I just want to talk about the 12 uses of dragon's blood. I'm okay. I'm not going to like talk about it, but we're most, my idea is for each book, what we're going to do for each of the seven books at the end of the book, we're going to have a special episode where we talk about all of the different magical items that are in that book. Oh, so we might talk about, we might go into detail about the different spells they use in that book, along with the different magic items that are in their book, um, their origins. So, um, for right now, we're probably going to finish this book with all the chapters. Then we'll do a special episode where it's um, book-movie comparison, I'm thinking, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then along with um, item analysis okay. for the magic items. So that we're going to talk about all that we know about the 12 uses of Dragon's Blood in that episode. So you can look forward to that when you get to it. So that'll be exciting because we don't know all about it and just so you can learn what we know about it, what's been revealed. So Harry and Ron spent most of their time in the library with Hermione trying to get through all of their homework. Do you think, how much homework do you think it really is? Um, it's probably about as much as you get in middle school. Which actually isn't a lot, surprisingly. Like when I got to junior high... You think, you know, you hear it's going to be a lot of work, but it's like three hours tops. That's kind of a lot. In elementary, I could get through it in like 30 minutes. I don't know why, but I took forever in elementary. I think specifically because I would like procrastinate, like go really slow. But honestly, if you're going fast in like junior high, you can get it two, three hours of homework, which is good. That's still kind of a lot. But I feel like why it seems like a lot to Harry and Ron is because they sit there and procrastinate. Yeah. They would probably just sit there and talk like, oh, how how much do you guys hate Snape? Oh, I hate Snape a lot. That's probably all they talk about. And then they're just, they're probably being lazy. And it's just, it's just stupid how they have Hermione uh, do all their homework. Not really do, but check it all over. Yeah. Yeah. But how did they get through the first year? Yeah. How did they not fail? Fifth year, I'm not even joking, that one's the worst when when it comes to, like, talking Exams, about homework. OWLs. All they talk about is how much homework they have, and that is my favorite book. Like, because it, I think, because it portrays, yeah, it's, like, it's the characters. A lot, it's a lot on homework and stuff. But it, like, it also portrays the characters in the most realistic light. So, all, the, just this whole series, a factor of it is just homework. How much homework they have every single chapter. I feel like it comes up. So, yeah. I just think they're procrastinating. Um, So, one day in the library, Harry looked up from his book and noticed Hagrid. He asked Hagrid what he was doing there. And Hagrid told him that he was just looking and asked the trio if they were still trying to find out who Nicholas Flamel was. Ron, of course, said loudly that they had already figured out that and that the dog was guarding the... Sorcerer's Stone. Imagine everyone heard that. I know. I actually, like, put a note down. I was like, what would it, how convenient would it have been if Draco was there? Or, or Quirrell was there. Like, just literally anyone. Specifically, Draco would be the worst. I feel like anybody else would just brush it off and be like, whatever. But Draco would just sit there and listen. And 
go to a professor and get them expelled and or Quirrell would hear them then he would just panic then then something would happen Quirrell would just panic he wouldn't do anything about it (laughs) um um yeah I just I just want to know why Ron thought it was a good idea to say it out loud loudly <laughs> yeah exactly why did he think like that's a good idea and why is it specifically that that he said loudly yeah that was weird okay um haggard shushed them and said that they could meet him later to talk to him because he didn't want other students hearing them talk ron went to see what section haggard had been looking in because he looked as if he had been hiding something ron came back with a pile of books which for haggard is surprising a pile of like just him being in the library completely weird why is he there um so ron came up back with a pile of books and told harry and ron that he had been looking at dragons one of the books was a how to take care of a dragon bug i've like especially in the episode the episode where they or the uh, chapter where they go to the restricted section why do they have books like this at hogwarts like I know books about dragons, yes, they can be helpful to people like Charlie Weasley, who are who want to study dragons, they're obsessed with dragons, that's like what they want to study when they're an adult, it's where they want to work. But why but would why- they have a book that screamed when you open it? Okay, well that's not... That's so In the restrictions of the show. Yeah, yeah. But um, why do they have books that are like, how do you take care of a dragon? That's just, yeah. I guess, just promoting, first of all, kids having dragons. It's helping them take care of it. If for some reason, they do have the dragon. It's weird. Yeah. To me. I'm just so confused about the restriction section as a whole. Why do they have books like this? Why aren't they in the restricted section? I know. Harry could just go in there and be like, I'm getting a dragon. I want to learn how to take care of it. Um, without a note. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. Harry explained how Hagrid had told him that he had always wanted a dragon, and Ron said that it was illegal to breed dragons, and that everybody knows that. Exactly. Why are these books just out in the open for everyone to look at? If it's so illegal. Like, just backing up exactly why these books should be in the restricted section, or just shouldn't be there at all. Yeah, it's just teaching you how to illegally get a dragon. I think that the best place to have these books would be in a teacher's classroom because then the teacher can designate who they want to give that book to and, like, if they're reliable. Or maybe if they put it in Dumbledore's. Yeah, and then they can go to Dumbledore because if they're just out in the restricted section, they can trick a teacher into signing something or, you know, they can get Gilderoy. Just imagine if they, like, gave them a contract. But it was, like, really ha- uh, hazy. Yeah. And it they tricked them. Yeah. So. Um, later, so later when they went to Hagrid's hut, they, he opened the door, or he opened the curtain to the window and asked who it was and then let them in. Oh, yeah. That's not suspicious, uh, suspicious at all, Hagrid. Why is he looking through the curtain? Probably just wanted to check who it is. Um, yeah, that's true. Like, what if it was Draco? What would he have done? What do you think he would have done? Yeah. He'd probably have told him to go away. Yeah. Um, like, so, until, and said, uh, wait, is this at night? 
No, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's after school. You probably have asked him what he want, what he wanted and told him to go away. Yeah. Um, uh, it was extremely hot inside, and even though it was a warm day outside, there was a fire in his fireplace. Hagrid offered them tea, which, why would they drink that on a warm day, especially in a hot cabin, and stoat sandwiches. And so I actually was, like, curious about stoat sandwiches, so I looked it up. A stoat sandwich is a sandwich made with the meat from a stoat, which is a short-tailed weasel. I can't stand that. I don't know how Hagrid can eat that. First of all, he's big. So how many stoats did he have to kill for one sandwich? And then also, they're cute. Why would you kill the stoat? Yeah. I mean, like, just go, just look up a stoat. They're, like, literal, Tiny. they're little, they're fluffy. It looks like a weasels. ferret. It's, yeah, actually, kind of. It's cute. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why I don't want to kill that. Especially it's adorable. Look it up. Um. Harry told Hagrid that they were wondering what else was guarding the stone besides Fluffy. Hagrid said that he wouldn't tell because, one, he didn't know himself, and two, they already know too much. And I actually put in my notes, I have so many questions right now. First, why did they think it would be a good idea to keep the stone at Hogwarts? I mean, seriously, why not Gringotts? Gringotts would be better, I think. Or someplace that you would never guess. For example, I literally just came up with this in my head. A... In where the okay, first of all, why not bury? Okay, one idea is bury it on the Quidditch pitch, maybe, maybe, yeah, um, in the Forbidden Forest. Give it to the centaurs, give it to the centaurs, and the centaurs could hide it. Who's gonna look with at the centaurs? Nobody. Um, second, my second idea is put it where Godric's Hollow, where their house was. Oh. Or what if they put it in Azkaban? What if they put it with uh, Nicholas Flamel? They, yeah, he like locked it in a safe, really hidden in his house, because it would. It's so obvious that they wouldn't keep it if he never wanted it. Put it in a hollow tree. Yeah, drop it in the ocean. Let a Demeter eat it. This is all great. Yeah, like wh- or destroy it. Okay, um, second, this is my second question. Did they not suspect that the students would figure it out? How were Harry, Ron, and Hermione the only students that were able to figure out what they were hiding? And what about Fred and George? Yeah. It seems like specifically because the staff made a point of saying you can't go to the third corridor. It would have been better if they didn't say anything at all because it just makes you curious and want to see Exactly. And then making it super obvious, oh, there's something here, by putting a giant three-headed dog behind the door, mm-hmm. not putting any specific, really, really powerful locks on the door. Just a low homora, which is... Yeah, only a low, yeah, like, just a low homora, bam, you're in. Just put pretty powerful arcane locks on the door, mm-hmm. keep students from getting out, from getting in, sorry. Yeah. Just so weird yeah that's yeah that's weird and like fred and george they're so curious about stuff like that like it just doesn't make sense to me why they would not go looking for it yeah um hermione tried flattering hagrid by pointing out how he knew everything that went on at hogwarts and that dumbledore trusted him it worked and hagrid told them that a lot of the professors had done enchantments as traps including professor snape wow the mention of of snape surprised harry 
and he figured that the only ones Snape didn't know how to get past were, were qu- squirrels, which he auto-corrected. It literally, squirrels. I typed in quirrel, auto-corrected to squirrels. Um, were quirrels and fluffy. So Hagrid asked who else knew how to Wait, get past... Wait, quirrels wasted enchantment on it? I don't think he did. Oh, well, it's just like they're um, they're coming up with like ideas. Obviously, oh. we know. Oh, okay. But in case you haven't read all the books, we don't want to just like drop a bunch of spoilers. But yeah. hopefully, you have, because then you can listen to everything, and you'll yeah. yeah. Um. Um. Harry. Yeah. So Harry asked Hagrid if he could open a window. Oh wait, no, I skipped something. Harry asked who else knew how to get past Fluffy, and he said only him and Dumbledore. Harry asked Hagrid if he could open a window, and Hagrid told him that he couldn't, then stared at the fire. What was the Smooth, point? Hagrid. Nothing suspicious, suspicious going on at all. He's being, yeah, he's reacting really weird. Nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, I'll read Sophie's notes. How about that? Yeah, you can go ahead and do that. Harry pointed at something under the fire, and here Hagrid explained that it was a dragon egg, and he won it. Why? Why does he tell them? Oh my gosh. They're the wrong people to tell. Like, why would you tell people? Just I would tell it there. If you were Hagrid and you had to pick one person to tell, who would you tell? If I were, I'd probably, I well, I would probably wouldn't tell a teacher, mm-hmm. since they or I would think since they would contact the police or something and mm-hmm. have it removed. I wouldn't tell any students I didn't trust. I'd probably tell Ron and Hermione and Harry. Okay. I would tell Dumbledore. Or I just wouldn't tell anyone. I would tell Dumbledore. Because, first of all, Dumbledore's not going to get me fired if I'm Hagrid. Second of all, he's going to help me get rid of it. Without without being arrested. Yes. Without suspicion. Like, he's going to know what to do. Because he's probably gone through something like this before. I'm sure students have done something like this and Dumbledore's had to fix it. So, him or McGonagall. Two really good people to tell. Not I'm not so sure about McGonagall. Maybe not so much McGonagall, but I still think she would know what to do. Yeah. And I still think that she cares about Hagrid. But at the same time, I think that might lower her trust for him. Because even at the beginning of the book, in chapter one, you already know she doesn't have complete trust in Hagrid. She's, like, questioning why does Dumbledore trust him so much. So maybe not her so much. So probably Dumbledore for me. Later that day, Hagrid sent a letter and it had said that the egg was hatching. Harry and Ryan were going to skip a class to go and watch the I think that was hatch, the next day or something like that. But Hermione was urging them to stay. During the morning break, they all went down to see him finally. Wait, Pop out. What? <laughs> what? During the wait, during the morning break, they all went down to see him finally pop out. Oh, the dragon pops out yeah, the egg. I- Sophie takes the weirdest note. It, no, it's okay. It she spelled Harry wrong. Seconds. H e r r y. It's okay. Okay. Seconds after it came out, Hagrid saw Malfoy looking through the curtains. It's a, a typical, typical I Malfoy can't, um, spying on people. I can imagine that, and not just like from the movie. I can just see like one eye and just like that. Peep. Just imagine Tip we look of, out like, of our curtain and we see someone staring. Just, just like that's the same you can thing. You just see that like. One eye and tip of like bleach blonde hair, and yeah, like, Draco. <laughs> Tim Malfoy had definitely seen the dragon. Harry and Ron and Hermione told Hagrid to set the dragon free, 
But Hagrid said that he's too little and he will die if he lets him go too early. Surprise, you gotta pay Hagrid. You're yeah. the one that took the egg. Hagrid decided to call the dragon Norbert. Uh, Harry had the idea that they could send Norbert with Charlie's Charlie with Charlie Ron's brother <laughs> who studies dragons. With, yes. Okay. So that's wait. actually a good idea, though. Okay. So they have some good ideas occasionally. So one time, one one day, the next day, Harry uh, Harry and Hermione were together and hanging out, I guess. Then Ron came to them and, and said that the dragon had bit him because, while he was feeding it. Why was he feeding it? Why would you not leave that to Hagrid? It's weird. He's like, my brother works with dragons. I know how to handle this. <laughs> yeah. Just then, Hagrid came to the window with a letter. Oh, uh, sir. Oh, yeah. So, came to the window with a letter, and it was the response from Charlie. Yeah. And I'm going to read that letter. Two thirty seven. Yes, two thirty seven. Dear Ron, how are you? Thanks for the letter. I'd be glad to get to take the Norwegian Ridge back, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over with some friends of mine who are coming to visit me next week. Trouble is they mustn't they mustn't be carrying an illegal dragon. Could you get Ridgeback up to Tallest Tower at midnight on Saturday? They can meet you there and take him away while it's still dark. Send me an answer as soon as possible. Love, Charlie. Charlie Weasley. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and. Yeah. Good. Uh. So. Uh, Malfoy had been threatening to tell everyone about Norbert, and the next day Ron was in the hospital wing. And. When Harry and Hermione visited him, he said that Malfoy, uh, that he was in the hospital wing because of the dragon bite. Yes. Uh, uh, so when Harry and Hermione were talking to him, Ron said that Malfoy said that he wanted to borrow one of Ron's books so that he could get a good look at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ne- the book he took was the one with the letter from Charlie in it. Um, the, they went to tell Hagrid about the letter, and when he heard the news, his eyes filled with tears. His eyes filled with tears. When the time he came to get rid of Norbert, Hagrid had him packed up in a crate with rats, brandy, and a teddy bear. His favorite food, brandy and, and rats. Yeah, and yeah, and teddy bear too, because he ate the teddy bear. They threw on the cloak and started lugging the crate through the castle. Well, let's just, this is at night, Vaughn, like, skips notes. Hey. Let's just get this straight. They are at night time. Yes. This is the time that Charlie asked. They're not, like, walking around in yeah. the middle of the day with their invisibility cloak Before on. they reached the tallest tower, they saw Malfoy being pulled by the ear by McGonagall, saying that Harry had a dragon. I thought that had said Harry had been a bad dragon. <laughs> I don't know why he said that. <laughs> Harry <laughs> been a bad dragon. You've been yeah. a bad dragon, Harry. Yes. So, McGonagall said, uh, rubbish, or whatever rubbish. She, whatever they whatever. say. Yes. And then she said, like, 20, 50 point or 20 points from Gryffindor. No, no, and, from Slytherin. Yeah, oh, yeah, Slytherin. They reached the tower, threw off the cloak, and helped to load the crate onto well, a harness that Charlie and his friends had made. But Charlie wasn't there, just to make you clear. Oh, okay. Do you think McGonagall's the only one that's willing to take points from Slytherin? Do you think Flitwick be, would be too scared of Snape to take points away from Slytherin? He'd probably take it away. He just probably wouldn't bring the kid to. Yeah, Snape. that's true. Same with. Do you think? Do you think? 
Uh, what's her name? I don't Pomo- know. Pomona Wood. I don't know. Oh, Pomona? She's Pomona Sprout, Pomona. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I... Because we don't... They don't talk a lot about her. They don't talk about her a lot, so it's not like we know a lot about her personality. But, like, she is in Hufflepuff. So I'm thinking, yes, she would, and she would also take um, them to Snape, but I think she would be pretty kind of, like, freaked out And for it. some reason, after they load the crate on, they left the invisibility cloak on top of the tower. Why? How would you not so, realize that? I know. It's nighttime. You're supposed to go with your invisibility cloak on. How did the friends Neither also... Neither of them realized. Yeah. What the heck? Okay, so... Oh, especially yeah. Hermione, who should know. When they went back down the stairs... They saw Filch, and he was, like, staring straight at them and said, uh, said, why, we are, uh, he said, okay, well, well, he whispered, we are in trouble. They left the invisibility cloak on top of the tower. That's the end of the chapter. To be continued. Well, yes. (laughs) With the next chapter, and then, wait, how many more chapters do we have to go? Only, like, one or two. Three more chapters. There's 17 chapters in this book. Yep. Three more, okay, three, so three more episodes before we're officially done with Sorcerer's Stone, and we have to move on to Chamber of okay, Secrets. Okay, uh, so are we gonna take a break or are we gonna do our? Nope, we got our move. Oh yes, goofs. we yeah. only have one this time again. Yes. Uh, at around one hour and thirty-five minutes, Hagrid tells the trio that Professor Snape helped put forth protections over the stone. Therefore, he could not possibly be trying to steal it. However, Snape's contribution from contribution the book, <laughs> contribution. Spoiler, so you guys should probably skip this. Oh, no, it's not a spoiler. It kind of is. Okay, just go ahead. Contribution from the book is telling him what, what his guarding was. So just go ahead. Just go ahead. skip this part. Go to the break. Well, unless you don't care. Uh, yeah, who cares? Yeah, um, so... <laughs> yeah, who Snape's cares? Con- however, Snape's contribution from the book, a logic puzzle involving a number of different potions was left out of the film and not given a replacement, making Hagrid's statement invalid. Okay, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. In this part of the episode, we have several big spoilers for the Harry Potter book series, so if you have not finished reading all of the books and don't want many things spoiled, maybe don't listen to this part of the episode until you have finished all of the books. Welcome back from the break. Now we're going to talk about our analysis part of the episode where we talk about a character or yeah, something so from this the time we're going to talk about Charlie Weasley. Charlie Weasley. And I know we've talked about many characters in this book, but get used to it because there are a lot of characters in this whole series and we're not even going to talk about every single one of them. So there's going to be a lot of characters and we haven't even talked about a girl character yet, which we're going to do in Chamber of Secrets, hopefully. It's just, like, I don't want to talk about Hermione because we're going to learn so much she's about a really, her. She's a really important character, so we're probably going to save the top three. And there's, like, again. no point in talking about yeah. them anyway because you know so much about them already. Because you basically know their, like, full life story. But people like Charlie Weasley, you don't know that much about. You're not going to learn that much about him. So. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so first we're going to start with our Hogsmeade Journal. So you can listen to next week's chapter, The Forbidden Forest, read by Claudia Kim and Dakota Fanning. And I also just wanted to point out, like, this chapter, the one that's coming out in this episode, I listened to the reading from that, 
read by the Malfoys, and Jason Isaacs, who's who plays Lucius, his Im- Hagrid impression is amazing. So if you have a, go like okay. listen to that, go listen to that. It's spot on. Yes. So this is our Charlie Weasley analysis. So this is the basic overview of his life, and it comes from Harry Potter fandom, the wiki. Sure. Which obviously I don't love taking things from there yeah. because it's not entire. It's not like the official site. I mean, I'm sure most of it, ninety nine. I'm not going to say ninety nine percent. but I'm sure most of it is. But Whatever. it's Wizarding World doesn't really come out with like life stories to characters, not like how the wiki does. So it's just easier to take it Charlie, from there. Yeah, so Charlie Weasley was born December twelfth, nineteen seventy two. So how old would he be right now? You count that. You're smart. It's what? 48? Wait, wait. Are we talking about, like, his, the time in this novel? No, no, or no. Right no. How old is he right now? He's oh, 48, so right? it's 2020. He's 48. Yeah, he is. 48 years old. 48 years old. Wait. No, he's not. He's 47 right now because his birthday is the 12th of December. Yeah, so, so he's 47. Yes. Okay. Charlie, Charlie is a English pureblood wizard and is the second eldest of Molly and Arthur Weasley. He is the youngest brother of Bill Weasley and the older brother of Percy, Fred, George, Ron, and Ginny. Who do you think of these seven, six siblings? He has five siblings. He's the sixth. Yeah. So, no, oh, no, he has, no, six, he has siblings. six siblings. He's a He's one of seven. Okay. Well, so, who, which of them do you think he gets along along with the best, and who, who do you think he gets along with the worst? He probably gets along best. This is just head cannon stuff, like with Ginny. Okay. I'm who guessing. Do you, who do you think he gets along the worst with? Because he's her, his little sister. Worst. Friend George. You think so? They're probably playing jokes. On, they probably played jokes on him all the time. I think he might, I I agree with the Jenny thing, maybe even Ron, but I think he would maybe get along, obviously this isn't canon, this is just headcanon, yeah. maybe he gets along worse with Bill, because he has to compete, because he, you know, he he works in Romania with dragons, but Bill works in Egypt at Gringot, so maybe he's trying to compete, like, am I... Like, who has more attention from Molly and Arthur? Oh, okay. Who matters more? <laughs> maybe that's, maybe that was why. Um, Charlie attended Hogwarts from 1984 to 1991 and was sorted into Gryffindor. Nice. Charlie was both a prefect and a Quidditch captain, and after that, he went to Romania to study dragons. During the Second Wizarding War, Charlie was put part of the Order of the Phoenix and fought in the Battle of Hogwarts. And was there when Wait, Harry defeated spoiler. Voldemort. Well, I'll right. put it in the description anyway. So, go ahead. No! Just go. Okay. After the war, Charlie continued to work with dragons and never married or had any children. But he had many nieces and nephews. Okay, so I'm just going to say now there's plenty of spoilers after... Well, like, not plenty, but there's some spoilers after this. Because now we're going to go into a more detailed overview of his life. That was just, like, a basic overview. This is a more detailed one. So, Charlie Weasley is the second oldest child of Molly and Arthur Weasley and lived during the First Wizarding War. Charlie grew up with his six siblings at the borough on the outskirts of Ottery Street, Catchpole, in Devon, England. 
That is the best place to grow up. Yeah, but in the movies, like the borough, it's super secluded. That's true, but like at this, but at the same time, it gives them more room to practice magic if they want to, or they can fly around. The like you just can't see. You can't see any other house in sight. It's just big fields. But it's also cool rat, because rat. if you want to go ahead and play Quidditch, you yeah. have all this room where no one's gonna see you, and you're not gonna have to like mind wipe anyone. Yeah, but then there's the trace. What? Uh, the trace. It's basically what mystery uses to track you in case you're doing something illegal that's true but everyone if you you can play quidditch if you're as long as you're not seen i know that you know like ron will fly around with Fred and george and play but you can do magic if you're older than out in hogwarts yeah it just the borough seems like such a good place to grow up because it's so big and like and you know how you're not allowed to do magic before you're out of hogwarts yeah like outside how did hermione do that since she said, I've practiced loads of spells. I think it's just a movie, like, fluke. Like, uh, especially, because there's this one part where she's like, um, in number two, when Harry breaks his glasses. Reparel. Yeah, Reparel. She shouldn't have been doing that. Because in the, in the book, it's Arthur, because that makes more sense. He can actually do magic. And besides, the trace should have found her out. Yeah. So that's just a movie thing. They probably just weren't thinking it through. And we're like, it makes more sense if Hermione fixes his glasses. So one. all of the Weasleys, we Weasleys are one of the few remaining purebred plant families. Talk? They are often called blood traders by their families, such as the Malfoys, because they are pro Muggle. That's really sad. But like at the same time, they're also like trying. You know, it's, okay, actually, no, it's completely sad. It's sad that, like, they're pro-muggle, like, that everybody makes fun of them for being pro-muggle, but then, like, you know, other people who are trying to keep up these, like, pure bloodlines, but also to keep them pure, they'd have to marry another pure blood family. Yeah. So, but then eventually, but then Ginny it, would be stuck but, marrying Draco. But eventually, it turned to uh, crossbreeding. Yeah, I know, but, like, and then at the same, but then... Ginny would have to marry Draco or something because yeah. then you have to marry another pureblood family to keep it pure. It's so that that whole thing is just stupid because everyone has non magical blood in them. Mm-hmm. At some point down the line, yeah. But maybe not the Malfoys because they've always been. They're probably always from the start of the first Malfoy. They were probably always like no yeah, muggles. What the, what's the possibility that a single person? That's true. Married muggle. Question. If two... I was just saying two half-bloods marry each other and have kids, are their kids oh. a half-blood? Well, if... No, if you, if they're half-bloods, they are still... if They they have magical blood, so their kid would be a pure blood. Since they are each from, from wizard families. Are you sure? Yeah, yes. Because each half-blood, they have wizard blood in them. Okay, your parents have to each have wizarding no, blood in them because, for you to be a pure Because blood. Harry's still a half-blood, and his parents were both half-bloods. His parents? Oh. Wait, no, is Lily a muggle-born? I, I think so, yeah. Okay. And then James was a half-blood. <sighs> this is hard. I, I, I have to know. look this up. We'll talk more about this. In a but I think two half-bloods and make a pure blood. We'll get way more into this when we do, like, our Malfoy episode and our Lestrange episode yeah. and our Black 
family episode. Yeah. That's gonna we're gonna get totally into this stuff. So um, it's pretty confusing. But. Yeah. So Bill Weasley revealed that when Charlie was young, he tried to turn family pets into dragons. He would stick paper wings on scabbers and make Errol fly around with the dragon mask on. Charlie would then follow them around and make notes of the dragon's behavior. I don't know if this is true or not because I've never heard this before. Do you have? Was this in a book or no, something? No, it was never in the book. This is possibly from the game. Maybe from yeah, Wizards. There are games. There are Harry Potter video games. Well, there's the. And, and yes, um, Wiki does get stuff from the video game, so maybe that's what that's from. No matter what it's from, it's cool. It's, one of the things is from Wizard, it's from Wizard, not Wizards Unite, what's the thing called? Wizard Hogwarts World? Mystery. Oh. And it's, like, the cursed vault, obviously, I'm, I didn't put any of those in, because they didn't, you're not gonna know what it, what it is if you don't play the game, and I don't, I don't play the game. So it just didn't make sense to me either. So I didn't know who half the characters they were talking about were. So that, yeah. Um, Charlie started his first year at Hogwarts on September 1st, 1984, and was sorted into Gryffindor House, just like the rest of his family. Yeah. By the end of his second year, Charlie No, was, no, you skipped it now. Oh, Charlie was in the same year as Nymphadora Tonks. Okay, so I was actually, like, looking this up, and I was like, oh my gosh. That's, like, the same thing as Lily marrying Charlie. It's the same thing as Lupin marrying Tonks as, like, Lily marrying Charlie. Oh. So, yeah, but it's a 13-year age gap. But, like, Tonks is, like, 25 when they get married. 23. She's 23. So, I think she's old enough to decide it, though. By the end of his second year, Charlie was seeker of the Gryffindor Quidditch team. In Charlie's third year, he took care of magical creatures, and he often snuck into the Forbidden Forest with Bill because he was convinced he would be able to catch a dragon there. He snuck out a lot by himself also and made friends with a centaur named Torvus. That, like, care of magical creatures, that's like a no-brainer for Charlie. I don't know how they got this, because, you know, the, the setting is basic, is, you know... It's Harry's time. It's Harry time. Maybe they talk about it at some point. No matter what, even if this isn't, like, even if this is from a video game or something, I'm guessing they didn't just make this up. Yeah. So it comes from somewhere, you know? And Charlie's year isn't really, Charlie's years at Hogwarts aren't described, so I think it's fine, you know, if people maybe say things that aren't in the books, they're in the video game. Sorry. No, um... It stopped. Yeah, sorry if there was background. I was just fun. Remember, we don't have the mics. But even if this is just from a video game, it's so cool to, like, hear about stuff that Charlie went through as a, you know, kid at Hogwarts. So that's cool, you know, just to hear mm-hmm. it. So by his fifth year, Charlie was a prefect. And in his sixth year, he was Quidditch captain because he was so good, right? Charlie? He was the youngest yes. seeker since Jane? He was the young. Oh, no, no, no. Harry was the youngest seeker since... Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Wait, Charlie was a good Quidditch player, right? Yeah. He was a seeker, right? I think so. I don't know. I don't think he was a seeker, actually. I don't know. Did it say that? No. We didn't even talk Yeah, about Charlie it. was seeker of the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he was, like, the best seeker since Charlie recently. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Where am I? Oh, uh, that. Uh, okay. Leave yeah. it. Just leave it. Uh, Charlie had to take his apparition test... Twice, because the first time he appeared five miles away, uh, five miles away from where he's supposed to go. How do you think he got back? 
Um, How do you think he didn't get kidnapped or something like that? Kidnapped? He's in his sixth year getting kidnapped. Um, uh, probably, he probably operated back. Or there was somebody there. Yeah. Like, from the school, maybe, like, maybe that's a common mistake, so maybe they positioned someone there. Okay. Um, after he left school, Charlie traveled to Romania so that he could study dragons, which is, of course, he likes dragons, clearly, because he dresses pets up as dragons, which is adorable. During that time, he bought a new wand and gave his old one to Ron. Um, where do you guys think he got a new one? Do you think, do you think, like... Did he go back to Ollivander and was like, I need a new wand? What was wrong with his current wand? I know. And do you think maybe his first one worked better because the wand chooses a wizard? And if the other one was going to work better, it would have chosen him? Mm. That's my theory. It's weird. Um, Or maybe he got one from, uh, what's his name? Grigorovich? Just explain that to everyone who hasn't read the Greg Greg Orovich, who is basically a wand maker... And he created, like, the best wands. So maybe he got his next wand from Grigorovich. Uh-huh. Do you know what? Because he was a different what, wand maker, do, and his wands are better. Do you know what country? He, it's, it, sound, it sounds, um... Like, Romanian? I don't, I don't know. know. It doesn't... Uh, I don't know. We're gonna do definitely a wand episode. I've already now, like... What is Victor Crumb? What... what? He's ethnicity. Uh, like, what country is he from? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll look that up when we're done. Which is like a Victor Crumb sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're gonna do a a wand episode. I, in fact, like I already know what chapter we're gonna do that for in Chamber of Secrets, but okay. I'm not gonna tell you. So, <gasps> no, not ha. Uh, but we're gonna we're definitely gonna do a wand episode. So. You can listen to that eventually when it comes out, and you'll know everything about wands. You'll be an expert in wands. Um, um, during Christmas in 1991, Harry and Ron's first year at Hogwarts, Molly, Arthur, and Ginny visited him in Romania. In that same year, Charlie helped Harry, Ron, and Hermione transport an illegal dragon to Romania so that he could care for it there. In 1993, Charlie went to Egypt with the, with the rest of his family to visit Bill. That's when they, like apply for a prize money and galleons and mm-hmm. why would i would i think it would be better if they had just spent that money on themselves versus going to bill because they could have i think they, they do buy a wand and run a new wand with that money right with the leftover i think yeah wait wait but I don't know. I don't. I think it would have been made more sense if they had saved that money for like all the school supplies and stuff. But yeah, because they can be- they can barely pay for theirs. Oh my gosh, I just remembered this. They pay for Harry's stuff. Well, not all of it. No, no, no. Harry pays for most of his stuff. Yeah, but in the other books, in no. the other books, he pay- they pay for all most of Harry's stuff. I think they pay- do pay- occasionally pay for something, but I think it's Harry's money. Like. Like for example, in number two, when when Jill, Gil, is it Gild or Jild? I think it's Gilderoy. Gilderoy. When he, when he uh gives Harry a like a free set of books, he gave Ginny the set so that she could have like the signed books and you know she could have these like free nice books instead of getting hand me downs. And then he bought himself a whole set because he'd already gotten them. Um, yeah. So in nineteen. 19- 
1994, yeah, in 1994, he returned to the borough to go to the Quidditch World Cup with his family. During the Death Theater attack, he assisted the ministry to try and stop them. During that school year, Charlie bought dragons from Romania, brought, brought, uh, from Romania for Hogwarts to use in the Triwizard Tournament. And During the Second Wizarding War, when Dumbledore reformed the Order of the Phoenix, Charlie joined, but stayed in Romania to help recruit foreign wizards. Do you think all of the children to the people that were in the Order all joined? I can't remember any specific ones other than Charlie and Bill. And well, Ron and Harry. Ron yeah. and Harry joined. Because I don't, I don't remember any specific children. Did Neville join the Order? Were kids allowed? I uh-huh. never saw him there. No, I don't think I did. I don't either. think he did. Um, in 1997, Charlie attended Bill and Fleur's wedding, where he was Bill's best man. That is where he told Hagrid that Norbert was actually a female and was named Norberta. During the Battle of Hogwarts, Charlie arrived during the second half of the war with reinforcements. After the war, Charlie did not have any children, but he did have many nieces and and nephews. I have listed all of his nieces and nephews. So I know exactly, like I had memorized these names just because. Okay, so I hate this. J.K. Rowling. She names everyone after a character in the series. Not everyone. Nearly everyone. Okay, so look at this. Bill. Okay, let's just. I'm just gonna list these off for everyone who didn't know. So Bill and Fleur. Their children are named Victoire, and I know why they named her that. It's because she was born on the anniversary of the Second Wizarding War, like, being completed. So, Victoire. Yeah, Victory. So, Victoire, Louis, and Dominique. So, those are Bill and Fleur's children, and they're all, like, one-eighth. Molly, the second. Hold on. They're all, all of Bill and Fleur's children are one-eighth, uh, what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Romanian? No, 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 no. What's that thing that Flora is? Um, the thing that... No, Von. The the thing that they have at the Quidditch match that, like, do the... You know how one team has the leprechauns that dance around? Yeah. Vila. They're one-eighth Vila. Oh, I got it. So, Louis is the first male Vila. Okay. Um, uh, Percy's children are Molly the second and Lucy? Fred the second. Roxanne? Wait, those Hugo. Vaughn, you're just listing like okay, so um George's children are Fred the Second and Roxanne. So that makes sense. Fred, I'm okay with that. Yeah. That was his brother, his dead brother. Yeah, name him Fred the Second. That makes sense to me. Um Roxanne. And Roxanne. Those are George's children. Rose. And Hugo are Hermione and Ron's children. They're the only ones that like came up with Oh, actually names. Well, Flora and Bill did too. So they're the they're the second family that came up with original names. I think that they should have named Hugo Arthur. Think about it. Yeah, but then that's just copying again. I know. Okay, that's true, and it makes more sense to name them after someone who's dead versus someone who's alive. So maybe like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, James, Lily, Lily and, and Albus. Albus. Those are Harry's kids. I have so much to say about these names. These, First of all, Jane, James them. James Sirius makes the most sense to me. Because, like, it's his dad and his uncle, his godfather, his... And then there's Albus Severus. Albus Severus, like... I, Jenny didn't... Ginny did not have a single say in this. I know. 
I am pro Severus Snape. I think he was a good guy. Yeah. But I don't think that Harry should have named his children after it. Like, Albus Severus just does not... I don't like that name. I don't like the name Al... Why did he name him Albus? Just take both of those names out. I think Ginny didn't name... Didn't didn't decide didn't like butt in and say, "Well, we should name them after my parents," because people already named them after one. Maybe of my yeah, or maybe she was just like, you know what, Harry's passionate about naming these people <laughs> these names. Like, I think that they should have named Albus. I think they should have named him Remus. Yeah, that'd be better. And then Ginny could have picked the middle name. And I don't like Lily's name, Lily Luna. What did Luna do that was so good? Why didn't he name him Lily Hermione? Yeah, like, Luna, the only thing she did was, like, point Harry in the right direction. Here's the thing. Luna is not as good of a friend with Harry as Hermione is and Ron is. So why couldn't they have done Lily Hermione? Or Lily Molly. Molly's so, like, she was like a mom to Harry. Yeah. I just, that name, why? James Sirius makes sense, though. And Albus Severus, I could not dislike that name more. Lily Luna, I like Lily, but I don't like Luna. So, yeah, those are his nieces and nephews. And, now and that's he's, it. And now, you know, he's forty. He's 47 years old currently. He's single. He doesn't have kids. <laughs> he probably is with his nieces and nephews a lot, though. So, so that's it for this episode. Yeah, so please make sure to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts because it'll just help our girl, girl podcast, podcast grow. We'll be back next time with our chapter 15, which is three more chapters to go until the end of this book. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check back every Tuesday for more Potter-based content.